you can all make your way back to your seats. We're going to get started at this time. And um, open up in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy 6 is going to be the scripture we read this morning. Uh, the, the Curry Care Group um, is going to meet, be meeting at the Wenrick's home this evening. Ben Curry just told me to tell you, and so I wanted to share that announcement. And looking forward to our church picture after church today, and also looking forward to our lunch together. It's going to be sweet. Um, also looking forward to, at the end of this service, we're going to uh, celebrate the Lord's Supper and remember uh, our Lord suffering with his broken body and his shed blood to atone for all the sins of those who have trusted in him and uh, all those who have repented of their sins and trusted in Jesus will be invited to participate in that. Um, Looking forward to uh, just worshiping together with you at the end as well. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 6 is going to be our uh, scripture uh, today. We're going to be covering a, a span really of Deuteronomy 4 through 11, which is the next section of Deuteronomy um, in our series on seeing Christ in all of Scripture. And um, we're going to be reading Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we're going to read uh, 4 through to the end of the chapter. So let's begin in verse 1. Now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you, in a land flowing with milk and honey. Verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you, with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, and when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by His name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are around you. For the Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God, lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you and He destroy you from off the face of the earth. 
You shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested him at Massa. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes, which he has commanded you. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may go well with you, and that you may go in and take possession of the good land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers by thrusting out all your enemies from before you, as the Lord has promised. When your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and grievous, against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. And it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all this commandment before the Lord our God as he commanded us. The title of the message this morning is, Listen to and love the Lord alone. Listen to and love the Lord alone. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that on our 17-year anniversary that we have your precious word before us to touch our hearts and to change our lives. And we ask that you would do just that. I pray that your word would come and you would pierce our hearts and cause us, Lord God, to obey your words. Lord, I pray that our words would not just go just in our ears, but they would go into our hearts, Lord, and we would, uh, Lord, we would be people who don't just hear the word, but, Lord, that we would be doers of the word. Thank you so much, Father, for sending your son down to deliver us out of the house of slavery to our sin and to Satan and to death. Lord, thank you so much. And Lord, I pray for all those who may not yet have repented of their sins and trusted in Jesus Christ and His finished work on the cross. Lord, I pray that you would open up the hearts of all those who have not yet trusted in you, that they would believe in you and be saved on this, our 17-year anniversary. We ask that you would bless this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, happy 17-year anniversary today, church. It is a joy to be together, to worship Christ and to sing of his faithfulness together with you. And as I was thinking of this section here in Deuteronomy 4 through 11, there's a real retelling of the law that Moses does here to the people of Israel And actually in Deuteronomy 5 in the chapter previous, uh, Moses repeats the Ten Commandments to the next generation that's about ready to enter into the Promised Land. And that's kind of the context that we're in here. Moses telling the next generation of the law of God and of the great deeds of God. Now he has redeemed them out of the house of slavery. And, and, And that is where Moses is at. He's retelling the law. And Deuteronomy 6 really captures uh, really a really famous section of scripture. Um, you may 
uh, have heard this before. In Deuteronomy verse uh, chapter 6, verse 4, which we just read, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. This is going to be our point one. Listen to God. Listen to God. Those two verses there, verses 4 and 5, really represent what the Jews call the Shema. This is the Hebrew word for the word hear. Hear, O Israel, or listen. Listen to God. Shema in the Hebrew. Um, This listen is a really deep and significant word, brothers and sisters. It's it's really meant to capture in our minds the idea that we are to really, really pay attention to what's being said and to dial into it, to focus, to, to listen to the words of God is meant to capture our attention and pique our interests unlike anything else in our lives, really. I, uh, I was... I heard a story of my one friend who doesn't, he, he doesn't live in this area, but, uh, just a friend from my past who is a real diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan. And when he was, um, rooting for the Eagles during the Super Bowl last year, he was so focused on really wanting to dial into and listen to the game that, uh, he didn't invite anybody over to his house. There was nobody there and his wife kind of, was in the kitchen and took like a little video of him after the Eagles won the Super Bowl and he was all dancing around and going crazy. But it was like a little private party of uh, celebrating the Eagles beating the Patriots. And uh, he, he was so fixated from what I heard on making sure that there were no distractions, that there were no distractions to him being able to pay attention to the game that uh, – that he cleared out everybody else out of his house. And uh, there's something funny about that, but there's just a real commitment and a focus that causes somebody to want to dial in like that. It's what you're passionate about that you dial into and focus in on. And in that way, we, as we hear the word of God, and as Israel heard the Shema, hear, O Israel, this phrase in verse 4 and 5, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Uh, we are meant to listen with attentive ears. And it's also not just this word listen. It doesn't mean simply to let sound waves enter your ears. Uh, one Christian writing about this, said, rather the word listen here means to allow the words to sink in. It means to allow words to sink in, to provide understanding and to generate a response. So when Christians listen to the word of God, they listen to do. We listen to immediately put into practice. We want to avoid being believers who listen to a sermon or listen to the word of God and say, man, yeah, that was good. I really kind of, I, I heard that. And, but not immediately be thinking, I need to do this. I need to put it into practice. Uh, the, the Jewish people, when they heard the word hear, It really meant to listen, to have it sink in, to provide understanding and to generate uh, a response. This phrase here, the Shema, 
is actually, even to this day, amongst uh, Jewish people, they, for their morning and evening prayer sessions, they recite the Shema, verses 4 and 5, um, in the midst of it. it it's really... Um, it's really a focus for them. It's almost, what it is, is it's like the Pledge of Allegiance for a Jew. Um, they would read this just like when we, I remember going to uh, public school growing up, we would always just kind of stand up every day and we would uh, just say the Pledge of Allegiance every day before we began school. And the Pledge of Allegiance for the Jewish nation was here found in the Shema, the Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. Um, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. So, brothers and sisters, this is meant to translate into our lives in that we don't just simply allow sound waves to enter our ears when we're listening to a sermon or when we're reading our Bibles, but that's really meant to be sacred time. When we come before the public preaching of the Word or we're coming before God to to read his word. We want to really block out whatever distractions might be around us so that we might focus in and really hear and allow it to sink in, allow it to matriculate, allow it to be a really good soaking down into the heart so that it provides understanding and it generates a response where we do. To hear for the Jew was to do. They 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 really moved forward in obedience to the Lord when they properly heard God's word. And so um, that's an important point in relation to listening to God. Um, Listen, the Lord, it says here, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. One other detail here is in the uh, Hebrew language, um, the word is, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, is actually, there's no word for the word is. And so if you're going to say in Hebrew that the uniform is green, you would just say uniform green in Hebrew. And so here in the original, it doesn't say the Lord is one. It just says the Lord one. And it's important to note the meaning of this. When it says the Lord our God, the Lord is one, you think, well, is that talking about God being uh, one God here? Is it talking about the being or the essence of God, that he's one God and three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Um, here in this case, the Shema is talking about, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It's actually talking about that the Lord is one and not many. He's one. Meaning, Yahweh is to get our exclusive worship, Focus, attention, service, fear, commitment, loyalty, devotion. Everything about us is to be harnessed into the direction of loving our God and only Him. In other words, our hearts are not to be divided. We are not to... Think of God in terms of, yeah, I've got God in my heart, but I'm also very passionate about many other things in my life. God is meant to be, for the Christian, our exclusive passion. 
Jesus Christ is meant to be your great love of your life. He is meant to be the great devotion, the great passion of your life, and not in any way is that to be divided. It's so great that when Jesus is actually talking later in the New Testament, he says that you cannot serve both God and money. You can't, you'll either You'll either love one and you'll not love the other or else you'll love the other and not love the other. Your heart is meant to give itself over to God alone and not to multiple things. There's to be no syncretism. There's to be no divided heart for us. We are to worship God exclusively. God wants your heart, friend, completely. He's jealous over it. If there is a rival love in your heart that you have, that you're more excited about other things than you are God, then God goes after that. He wants you to give your passion and your focus over to Him. He wants your allegiance and your pledge of allegiance to be to Him. To love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and not to be committed to all kinds of false gods. And that's one of the reasons we have to remember that we look at our lives, and we need to look at our lives and recognize, Lord, are there any rival passions or rival false gods or functional gods that exist in my life, and how can I root them out? Um, you know where you see this? You see this in uh, in verse 14. This is how you know in verse 4, it's actually talking about us loving God exclusively, and God is one, and we are meant to worship one and not many, which was a distinction from all the other nations of the earth at that time that were polytheistic and worshiping multiple gods. Israel was meant to worship God alone, and so were we. It is the Lord your God you shall fear, verse 13. You shall serve Him you shall serve, and by His name you shall swear. Look at verse 14. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are around you. There was going to be a temptation when they go into the promised land and they're driving out the other nations and dispossessing them so that they might um, acquire what had been promised to them to actually acquire the gods of the nations that they're going in to dispossess. And God is saying, no, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He's one and not many. You are to give him your exclusive passion and devotion. And Christ community on our 17th anniversary, what a great reminder for us here in the Shema to remind us all that we are to give Jesus Christ our exclusive passion and devotion fear, and service. Amen? May we worship Him and Him alone. I was just reminded of uh, John 14, verse 6, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Essentially, Jesus is saying there, there is no other way to heaven except through me. You must trust in me and what I've done on the cross. Jesus is saying to us today, in order to be saved and to be born again and to go to heaven when you die, there's no other way to heaven except through Jesus Christ and faith in Him. There's no other way. 
And this is in keeping with the entire Bible. And here in Deuteronomy chapter 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Give him your whole heart. For he is worthy of it. Point two, loving God. Verse 4 and 5, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. I love here that it actually says all of your might. Just to give every ounce of what you have into what exactly? To love. Love God. I want to ask you, really genuinely, do you, as you look into your own heart, do you love Jesus? A lot of times you'll ask people, hey, do you believe in Jesus? And they'll say, yeah, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I believe in him. But often the dividing line between heaven and hell often is people can say they believe in him, but it's not a deep real saving faith. It's sort of a mental ascent to, yeah, I believe he existed, but it's not laying hold of Christ as your exclusive. The Lord our God is one. He's one and not many. He demands and deserves my exclusive worship and my faith and my devotion and everything that I can give Jesus Christ is the great passion of my life. He is, oh, well, let me tell you, friend, I love him. I love him. Can you say that about Jesus? As you look into your own life and as you look into your own heart, my friend, can you look and really see and say of yourself genuinely, oh, I love him. Do your friends at school, can they tell that you Not just believe in Jesus, but you just love Him. We desire to be a local church here at Christ Community Church that loves Jesus Christ with an exclusive passion and devotion. I was uh, reflecting over this past week of just the training regimen of many of the mixed martial artists, fighters, and the, one of the things I'm really interested in in relation to that sport is the amount of devotion that the men and women who are a part of that sport commit to winning a prize that really will not ultimately last. They work out many times, three times a day in order to get in the top physical conditions so that they can go in and fight in the octagon and win and become the world champion in their weight class. And I was just thinking, oh, Lord, they are fighting for a crown that will not endure. But but we, we are meant to not give our passion over, to become the elite in some sport, or to become just the top person in a company, or to be ambitious to strive after other goals and dreams, brothers and sisters, every true Christian, every true child of God is meant to have Jesus Christ as his or her passion. And the world is not going to look at that and applaud it. And one of the ways we need to break away from the world 
is the sort of syncretism that says, yeah, 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 I have Jesus. But you know what? I'm passionate about a million other things too. And Jesus is one little book in my backpack. But I've got a full backpack of other books that matter to me too. And so Jesus is part of my life. But I wouldn't really say he's like everything in my life. Listen, friend, Jesus is asking for every square inch of your heart. We're not going to sell it short here in this church. He wants all of you. God is a jealous God. He wants your whole heart. Will you give it to him today? Will you hear, oh, Christ community? Will you listen? Will we listen today? Shema. In a way that doesn't just have sound waves entering our ears. But will we actually today cross over into becoming an individual who doesn't just hear sound waves, but actually listens in a way that we allow it to sink in, provide understanding for us, and then we do. We lay down today other passions and and say, <clears throat> thou and thou only first in my heart. High King of Heaven, my treasure thou art. You're everything to me, Jesus. I love that the command is love the Lord your God. Love Him. It's so wonderful here because the, the Shema was so popular amongst the Jewish people. Do you realize that Jesus would have been hearing the Shema over and over again in the synagogue in which He grew up in? And you hear Jesus repeating it again and again when He says, what's the greatest commandment? And He tells them the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Uh, So brothers and sisters, let our passion for Christ be single-hearted devotion. And may we be consumed. Oh, Don't you see here that when it comes to obedience, the first thing the Lord says is, you shall love, love. And certainly there's many things that you do out of love on the pathway to obedience. But I love that the first word of obedience is love. Obedience to the law of God was never about legalism or trying to earn God's favor. Obedience in the Old Testament is about love and listening. Listening and doing what you listen to because you are so caught up with the beauty of Christ and you're so enamored with the Savior who would die on the cross for you and rise from the dead for you 
to rescue you out of the eternity in hell that you and I would have gone to, believer, had we not been saved. And to say, Jesus, in light of your beauty, in light of everything that you are to me and how deeply I love you, what do you want me to do? And I'll do it with joy. Not begrudgingly, but I'm going to be a cheerful giver. I'm going to be a cheerful doer. I'm going to be obeying as a man in love. Do you obey as a man in love, brothers? Do you obey as a woman in love, sisters? Is there a heart for Jesus and a desire inside of you that says, oh, I love Him so much, there's nothing I wouldn't do for Him. Nothing. Oh, it's one of the tragedies in some of the churches in Revelation, like in Ephesus where it says, you've lost the love that you had at first. Oh, Christ community, may we never ever lose the love that we had at first. And may we remember, as Ephesians 6 says, Grace, grace to all who love the Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. The third and final point, don't forget God and what He has done. Don't forget God and what He has done. And for here, I want to uh, highlight that when things got really good in the promised land, In verse 11, look at this. Once you enter in, in the houses full of good things you didn't fill, cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, when you eat and are full. So again, when things are good and times are good in our lives, look at this temptation that comes about in God's people. Verse 12, Moses says, Then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. There's a temptation in God's people to forget the Lord, especially when times are good. And brothers and sisters, we must take heart not to ever forget what the Lord has done for us. Not to ever forget what He's done. It's one of the reasons I love celebrating the Lord's Supper with you. And I'd like to ask the ushers to go and begin to hand out the bread and the cup for us to participate in the Lord's Supper. Because the Lord's Supper is a remembrance. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. What I've done for you, don't forget what I've done for you. I think it's so instructive that when Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, that what we remember is we remember His broken body and we remember His shed blood. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, ushers. But brothers and sisters, there is just a tendency in us to forget. And that's why we need to remember. We need to participate in the life of a local church where we can regularly receive communion and remember what the Lord has done for us. We can hear the preaching of God's Word where we'll remember 
what Christ has done for us. Because look at what it says here in verse 20 of Deuteronomy chapter 6. When your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord, our God, has commanded you? I love what verse 21 says. Then you shall say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and grievous, against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. Verse 23. And he brought us out from there that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers. He brought us out that he might bring us in. He brought us out of the world that he might bring us into his church. He brought us out of darkness that we might be brought into light. He brought us out of eternal death, believer, in order to bring us into eternal life. But all this is exclusively for Christians. If you haven't yet trusted in Christ and His death on the cross and His resurrection from the dead, can I just appeal to you to repent of your sins at this time? To tell Jesus you're sorry for what you've done against Him in your life and the way that you've rebelled against His law. I've done that. I've rebelled against God's law and God has given me grace. He's opened up my eyes to see my need for a Savior in Jesus and I have repented of my sins and trusted in Him. Would you please repent of your sins at this time and trust in Jesus Christ? And you could celebrate the Lord's Supper with us in a moment for the first time perhaps. But for those of you who are already Christians, there is still a responsibility for us to remember, and as, as Kim shared this morning from the ministry, Mike, to, to recount all of God's wondrous deeds, to recount God's faithfulness, to recount His re- redeeming power and His might and His outstretched arm that has rescued Israel out of slavery from Egypt and has rescued us, beloved, out of slavery to sin and Satan and death. Oh, brothers and sisters, the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. The Lord brought us out of eternal damnation with a mighty, mighty hand as well. We were heading for the most awful eternal future that you could ever imagine. And deservingly so because we had rebelled against this word and rebelled against God and had sinned against Him. 
But God in His mercy sent His own Son. And Jesus suffered His own body to be broken on the cross. And on the night He was betrayed, He took bread and He broke it and He gave it to His disciples. And He said, take and eat. This is my body. It's been broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us at this time partake of the bread and remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on our behalf. And then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Oh, my brothers and sisters, let us remember at this moment the shed blood of our Lord Jesus, which was sacrificed during His death on the cross, which has satisfied the wrath of God that once was against us, that has atoned for all of our transgressions and sins. Oh, the precious blood of Jesus, our Savior. Let us remember at this time. If I can have the worship and return, we're going to sing... Great is thy faithfulness, a hymn that I absolutely love, and I know many of you do as well. May we listen to God, may we love God, and let us not forget God and what He has done. Those were the three points this morning. Let us listen to God, let us love God, and let us never forget God. And what he has done. We have remembered God and what he has done. And enjoying the Lord's Supper here this morning. Now let us sing of his faithfulness together. Great is thy faithfulness. Let's all stand. Uh, Church, don't you love him? Don't you love him? Isn't he awesome? We just thank him for who he is. And all that he's done for us. We love you. We love you. Oh, dear God, I pray that you would bless us as we celebrate now our 17-year anniversary with a lunch. Lord, this is a testament to your faithfulness, God, in our lives individually and as a church body. Fill us with joy, Holy Spirit, as we interact with one another. Fill our hearts with deeper and deeper love for one another and for you. God, may our hearts be filled, Holy Spirit, with hope as we look to the days to come. Because we know in the days to come that we're going to experience the same faithfulness that we've experienced thus far. Thank you so much, God. Thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to come down and fulfill the law perfectly 
come down and to die on the cross for sinners like us. We love you so much, Lord, that you would send your own son to die so that we sinners here might be forgiven and might have eternal life. We're so blown away. We're so filled with joy. We're so thankful and we love you so much. We want to We want you to have every part of our heart, God. And I pray that exclusive worship and devotion would be offered up from our lives here at Christ Community from this day forth and forevermore. I ask that you would do that in us for the praise of your namesake. Amen. Amen. Grace, grace. Be with all who love the Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Go forth and enjoy this love for Jesus together. God bless you.